Welcome back, everybody, to So Every Soul Sings, Worship for the Real Church. Woo-hoo. This is, uh, I don't actually know the title. <laughs> I was going to say, part two of... This podcast episode. Of... Yeah. <laughs> Relay Worship Conference Worship Set Part Two. <laughs> yeah, we're just unpacking together an experience that we shared um, with about 75 other folks at the Relay Worship Conference here in Bowling Green, Kentucky at at our church at Woodburn. And we had a guest worship leader named Titus Chapman who came down, uh, drove an hour and a half from Owensboro. By the way, the conference reaches that kind of radius. So people come from, you know, 10 minutes away or an hour and a half away or two hours away uh, in general to be a part of it. And so Titus was one of those people, and he made the trip uh, on Friday night to rehearse the band. And if you didn't listen to our part one episode, then go back and listen to that because it, it establishes all of the context for what we're about to talk about. And without that context, this, um, this will feel less meaningful. So uh, we, we broke it into two halves because we were about a half hour in and I just didn't want, um, I wanted us to have plenty of time to explore what actually happened in the 35 or 40 minutes we worshiped together because it was so life-giving to so many people in the room. And I think it's the kind of thing that you as a worship team member or worship pastor or worshiper would like to see happen more spiritually regardless of music. Now, spiritually, I think it's the kind of thing that you would like to have happen more in your church as well. So we'd like to try to unpack some of that and understand what happened well, so that we can then be open to it happening again. And we just want to invite you into that conversation. So Bethany, take it from there. Yes. So I, this, this time of worship, including the rehearsal, by the way, uh, probably ranks in the top five of my favorite worship experiences in this town. And I've been here seven years. So this is one of the reasons why we're talking about it. Uh, So we've already talked about it before. Because not only have you been here seven years, but you have been here seven years and done mm, hundreds of worship (laughs) events in, in this part of the world and then regionally and outside of our region. So it's not like you know, four times a year, you get to have a special event. And this was one of the best. You, you do this regularly as a part of just being in the world. And so you've had hundreds of things to, to say there was something different about this. And we want to identify what was different. Sometimes we are afraid of success because we're afraid it will mm-hmm. lead, I think, to arrogance or to self-sufficiency. But other times it's really important that we embrace success and say, what did the Holy Spirit do? And what was our part? Because we'd like to see more of that. And that's a little Absolutely. bit of the dynamic that we're trying to to jump into. Yes, not in a in a formulaic kind of way. And I do think some people who are so desperate, mm. you know, to look as successful or appear successful will latch on to something that appears successful and then try to replicate it down to the, you know, the right. minutia of it. Yes. But um I, I've said this to you probably more than once, you know, I would rather be obedient than not do something because I might look like a failure. So yeah. um, for, for us, I think it is a, something we should celebrate and should be, be full of joy about that, um, that God did something amazing and we want to continue be, being available to mm-hmm. him Absolutely. Uh, for that. So on the day of, 
one of the things that made that afternoon worship set so incredible for me was actually a conversation I overheard Mm. Titus having with Terry Daniels about the purpose of worship. And that's a whole other podcast. It is. And (laughs) just so you know, Terry is a pastor of a church here in Bowling Green. He was a part of our panel discussion. Um, He is a high level business executive coach. And so he not only pastors, but he also works in the marketplace. And he he has an author, published books. Uh, He has his PhD. He's a smart, smart man. Um, Also very engaging. Love Terry. Um, But they were having this dialogue that you happened upon and stopped you in your tracks. So it really did. Yeah. Like literally. So, so what do you want to tell the (laughs) listeners about what that conversation was? I'm going to try to keep it really short. Oh, so I was walking by them and I heard Titus say, worship is not the key to breakthrough. Mm. It's not to be used like that. And I, I like slung my head back and then ran back (laughs) to where they were. (laughs) I was like, Oh, say that again. He's like, he was like, no, for real. Like people, people want to use worship. Like, like it's some kind of fix for everything, you know, you know, mm-hmm. this is jacked up in your life. Just worship some, you know, we're, we're talking about racial reconciliation. Well, worship will fix it. He's like, that is not what worship is for. Those are byproducts of worship. Yes. And I was like, I screamed actually. And I said, <laughs> no way. <laughs> I'm not going to do that right here though. That might hurt your ears. Mm. Worship is not transactional like that. It doesn't mm-hmm. work like that. And it's easy to make it try to fit in that box. But worship is not for us. It's for God. It is for the creator who made us. He is worthy of our worship. However, in his goodness and in his greatness and in his graciousness, when we worship him, when we respond right in a right way to mm-hmm. a revelation of who he is, mm-hmm. byproducts do happen. We do get sometimes breakthrough and peace and healing and we see each other clearly and all of those wonderful things. But we can't reduce worship to just just a tool. It's not a tool. Right. <laughs> it's what we were created to do. And God is the only one who's worthy of it. Yeah. And my takeaway for that, (laughs) it was, and my, my takeaway from that for all of us is that understanding what we're doing leads to greater possibilities on our side. We're never going to limit the possibilities of what God can do, but we're certainly going to limit the possibilities of what we can do. And when we have a limited understanding, I think we have a limited possibility spectrum and when you get understanding right, it opens up a whole new palette of colors or a whole new um, smorgasbord of possibilities of things that God would want us to taste and see that he is good about. And so as you develop your understanding, as you correct your understanding, by the way, I still think things wrongly about worship, and I've been doing this you know, for decades and decades. But when my thinking is corrected, it puts me in a better position to have a better encounter with a good God. And so getting this kind of understanding right isn't just about technicalities or semantics. It has meaningful correlation. And I don't mean that you need to go get, you know, educated as far as you can get educated. I just want to encourage you to keep learning because as you keep learning, 
your worship experiences are going to keep deepening. And one of the reasons we have a lot of folks in our churches who have come for decades who have shallow worship experiences is because they have shallow understandings. So keep learning and keep encouraging others to do the same. That's a total, like that's a freebie side comment, but I think it's really uh, a helpful insight from that experience. Okay. So you're walking by Terry, you, you hear that conversation with Titus and, and then what else about that time? So then because of the rehearsal that we had had the night before, see previous episode. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Please go back and listen to it. Um, The sound check was amazing. (laughs) A lot of times, I don't know if I can say like a lot of sound checks for big events that I have been a part of have been amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Really, a lot of times there's like technical difficulties or you forgot how to play that one thing in that one place (laughs) and you're like, oh no, I'm going to mess it up, you know, things like that. But um, because we had spent this time aiming at this place really of unity um, amongst our worship team, uh, because that's really, I think, part of it is when you, you come to a place where the whole band is united like heart and soul Mm -hmm. and uh, skill and technique. Um, Oh, it really is like gorgeous and uh, powerful. So even the the sound check was just amazing. And then we started the worship set (laughs) as people were coming in. So we we did some some older songs. We did um, Let the Glory of the Lord Rise Among Us which is old, old, mm-hmm. uh, relatively speaking. Uh, we did This Is Amazing Grace. Titus shared some things uh, that were kind of vulnerable and personal mm-hmm. um, in regards to his own experience with God's grace, which was beautiful. And really, uh, besides being songs that everybody knew and was comfortable with, really invited people into that worship experience. Um, we did uh, You Deserve It which is a a more of like a black gospel song. And uh, just, it was, oh, it was, it was beautiful. And uh, people, even though it was a new song for most of the people in the room, it's quite simple. So most people like really grabbed onto it really easily and quickly. And uh, people were worshiping their guts out, man. It was, it was amazing. Uh, And then we did Waymaker or are you, yeah, I was just going to say, you deserve it. In case you'd like to check out that song yes. is by JJ Harrison, an African-American worship leader. And uh, if you have friends in the black church, Titus said they'll all know it. So it is evidently a very popular song um, just in other traditions. And it is super singable. Uh, and you can improvise the text in it, which is, again, a, a black gospel kind of tradition thing. Um, and if you are comfortable or if you are able to get yourself to the place where you are comfortable leading with spontaneity, then it may be a really great way for your church to do something that is different from what's normal, but also um, at least in my church, that song would be a hit and and my church loves black gospel music, but, but our congregation would love to do, they would have loved to be here for Saturday to experience what happened with that song. So Waymaker, let's get to Waymaker. Cause this was uh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, we're, we're getting halfway through Waymaker and Titus just kind of stopped everything. And he said, you know, people, when they come to things like this, sometimes they think 
that y'all up on the stage are the ones supposed to be doing the worshiping, but um, it's, it's you guys there who are supposed to be doing it. So we're going to do something maybe a little bit different. I'm going to just invite people section by section in the sanctuary here with us to just give a shout out, a little testimony about something good about God, like some positive thing about the Lord. So, so he starts and the music is still going, you know, and we're just kind of hanging out on the stage and somebody uh, gave thanks for their grandbabies. It was so precious. And, mm-hmm. and he said, yes, like that's awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the next person said, God is my healer. And he was mm. like, yes, you know, and some other people were like, woo, you know, and it's just like this, this thing was just building like, Hey, all of us in this room, not just the people on the stage, we are all a part of this moment of giving glory to God. We were made for this. This is what we were created to do. Oh, and then (laughs) a person, I actually don't know this person's name. Maybe that's better. Um, He throws his both arms up in the air. Like he just uh, like a touchdown and, and said, I'm no longer an addict. And I'm, I'm telling you, it was like a wave of electricity hit the room. Like my daughter was there and she said, mom, electricity went all over my body when he said that. And I was like, it wasn't just you. And the entire room exploded. I mean, exploded in just spontaneous shouts and praise to God. I almost fell over on the stage. I, it was, my knees went weak. It was, it was so beautiful. It was, it was like heaven. Like that's what heaven is like. That's what heaven feels like. I think that moment. Yeah. He was, um, by the way, uh, he's a young worship pastor and four of the people from his church were in the pew with him which to me shouted so much more about his vulnerability in that moment. And by the way, we've, we've used this word just a couple of times in the year or so we've been doing this podcast, um, but spiritual intimacy is a thing. It's a biblical thing. It's a dangerous thing across genders, so you have to be careful with that. But in the church, there should be a level of spiritual intimacy that makes the non-believer crave what they see. And if an unbeliever had been in that service Saturday afternoon of the Relay Worship Conference, I am convinced it would have been very much like 1 Corinthians 14, where that, uh, that Corinthian gentleman said, woe is me, um, I am undone, I need what you have. That's a loose mm-hmm. paraphrase, but that's the idea. And, and it isn't because of the excellence of the music. And it isn't because of the excellence of Titus's leadership, and it isn't because of the confession of the the addict who had been set free. It was because of the presence of the Holy Spirit that was released through all of those things. And when we hold ourselves together, sometimes we hold the Spirit in and don't let the Spirit out, because He is in us, right? We are possessed by the Holy Ghost, Tasha would say. Um, so, yeah, and and and. Listeners, I want to assure you, this isn't just Bethany's experience or her daughter's experience. This was so evident in the room, it is undeniable. And, and honestly, if a person who had no idea who Jesus was was in the room, they would have felt the same electricity. It was that kind of unleashing of the Spirit's presence. The manifest presence of the Spirit brought on by the praise of God's people in a non-musical moment with mostly strangers. Yeah. <laughs> And if that can happen here, 
don't we want that to happen everywhere? Doesn't God want that to happen everywhere? I think he does. I think he had a big old grin on his face when the (laughs) room erupted in cheers and applause. It was powerful in a way that, um, that music doesn't have. And in a way that preaching doesn't have, it was powerful in a spirit way that goes be now it was emotional, but it was more than emotional. And it wasn't because somebody used, you know, a great musical lick or because of a lighting change or all the things that we rightly do to evoke the spirit of God. It was because the spirit of God was released in testimony and it was extraordinary. So beautiful. Um, Other just one other thing we ended the the set with the goodness of God, which I, I just personally feel like it's one of those songs that mm. has that kind of anointing on it to proclaim the goodness of God over our whole lives. I think people are tempted to look at parts of their lives and say, Nope, not this year <laughs> or not that moment. Mm-hmm. or not this cir- circumstance or situation, but to say in faith, all of my life, you have been faithful, is a powerful thing. And we, we ended it with the leadership team of the conference singing it together on the stage. And then we got to announce mm. the big announcement. <laughs> all right. Do you want to share the big sure, announcement? Sure. We can share or the big announcement. Do you want to make people wait for that too? No. <laughs> Um, i know rod's gonna be like nope tune in next time (laughs) no i can't wait on this one um (laughs) if all continues to go well in the fall of 2025 and it's possible to be sooner but right now that's our target the fall of 2025 we will be launching in the bowling green region the relay worship residency a one-year program (laughs) Yeah, this is where um, you as a listener or someone from your church or someone you know who feels like they are called to be a worship leader, but they feel under-equipped would spend a year, and this would be their life, very much like a college student, although it's not a college um, per se. Uh, it's, It's more like a residency that a doctor does where they just don't do anything else except focus on the practice of medicine. So in our context, you're focusing on the practice of worship leading. You'll have um, mentors, you'll have spiritual directors, you'll have coaches, you'll have, you'll have people who teach you in a classroom setting about the biblical foundations and theology and sociology of worship. You will have opportunities to serve in multiple locations in Bowling Green so that you can see the culture of other churches. And our hope, our dream, really, we think it's a God-sourced dream, but our dream is that Bowling Green is the test market for this. And once we've developed it here, it's reproducible around the country and around the world. And so you'll be seeing more, hearing more. If you'd like to know more, you can email me uh, right now at rodellis at gmail.com, and I would be glad to send you some more information. But it's still very much in the formative stages. And and I might ask you more questions than you ask me if you reach out. And, and if you don't have answers, that's okay. But we just want to keep asking questions so that we can create a program that helps equip in all of the ways that you hear talked about on this podcast, equip in godliness, equip in anointing, equip in practical excellence as an instrumentalist and vocalist, equip in leadership skills, equip in soft skills, um, relationship things. Uh, all of that wrapped up into a, a one-year intensive where you can come here, learn from people who are doing it well, and then 
learn to do it the best that you can do it, at least get started. We really think this is fantastic for people who have just graduated from high school, but they're not sure about college and if they want to study worship arts or something like that, or the college students who's not sure about graduate school or doesn't quite feel prepared. Maybe they majored in theater or they majored in history, but they really feel like they ought to be a worship leader. Well, it's okay. Come and spend a year. We'll help you discern that. We're not going to tell you, but we'll help you discern. Um, There is no accreditation for this sort of thing because this sort of thing doesn't actually exist. As far as we know, we've never found anybody who does what we're um, envisioning, Uh, but we're open to that as a, a future step. But what we will do is certify. We can't be accredited, but we can certify as the people who are who are forming these young worship leaders or older worship leaders who have feel like a, a, a change of direction in their life is in order. Um, mm-hmm. We will certify them and then be able to, we hope, um, help find a place where you can serve in a church part-time, full-time, whatever it is. Yes. This, this is an answer to, um, at this point, uh, nearly a five-year conversation where we have recognized in this region, and we think it's we think it's national. It's certainly largely regional. There are hundreds and hundreds of churches looking for somebody to lead the congregation into the presence of God in a way that is um, all the ways that we want it to be, that you would want it to be if you were a member of that church. So, um, again, you'll hear much more about that. But we were able to announce that at the conclusion of this year's conference, which was. Um, quite a privilege to see that starting to take shape. By the way, there is going to be a, another Relay Worship Conference. It will be in the Green area. We don't have a location yet, but there you can go ahead and register now. Um, mm. Go to RelayWorship.com. It's on February 19th of 2022. We expect to have a theme to roll out early in April so that we'll begin to anticipate what God will do in that conference. This was the third year we've done Relay. The first year was so much better than we thought it it could be, and we were blown away, and God worked in some actually miraculous ways in that conference, and we thought, okay, we've got to do it again. And the second year was better than the first year, and we all thought, oh my goodness, how could it have gotten any better? (laughs) And then this year blew away year number two. (laughs) (laughs) Just because Bethany and I are a part of the team, I'm not saying that because we think it was that way. We actually did a survey of those who attended the conference this year, and we asked people to rate it on a scale of one to five, and the average rating for this year's conference was a 4.8 out of five, which tells me that those who participated in the survey, um, which was mm, 20% or so of those who attended, which is a kind of a good sampling, um, then they agreed with us that it was great. And, and, and some of the comments, what could be better? Um, they were things like, could it be longer? Could it be two days instead of one day? Um, could we get more crammed into what happened? Could the ma- master classes be longer so that we could have more time? I mean, everybody just wanted more. And that is such a strong indication to me that the, the response of those who attended was, um, was strong. And hopefully as we come back together in Relay of 2022, it will be better. I want to say one more thing about this year's conference, because I think it has a bearing on what we've been talking about for two episodes with the role of the Holy Spirit in planning and preparing and in presenting a worship set. Um, for his glory and for the good of the church. Um, we had, for the third year in a row, invited people to come the night before and pray for the conference. And Mm. this year, um, in the midst of a major weather event where we had to really (laughs) wait to the last minute to decide if we were even going to have it, um, 
rather than having a handful of people come to pray in the midst of a pandemic and a snowstorm, uh, we had 30 people who came to pray the night before. And we prayed for every attender whose name we had by name. And we prayed that the Holy Spirit would move. And God was very faithful and answered our prayer in beautiful, life-changing, life-giving ways. So that's just the dynamic of what we're doing as a part of Relay. And, and this isn't to promote as much as it is to celebrate and present. And if, if you don't want to be a part of Relay, we, we, we love you. And, and if you can't <laughs> get here because you live too far away, we love you. It's that's all okay. Absolutely. But if you're nearby... <laughs> And if you are interested in learning more about how to be a worshiper or a worship leader as a part of a team or the worship leader in your context, we just feel like this is the kind of event that um, a lot of people pay hundreds of dollars to attend the conference and hundreds more for housing and expenses. And if you're local, uh, you can do this for um, about the price of a meal at a steakhouse. And that's it. That's all the expenses there are. If you need housing, if you'll reach out to me and you can't afford housing, you can stay at my house until my house is full and then we'll find other houses for you to stay in. Um, we, we, are, we are not trying to do this to make money or to make a statement about how valuable it is. We are doing this to be able to provide for people who want to get better. The kinds of things that we are seeing bring bring the fruit of the spirit and bring results of the spirit that we think you want in your churches too. So whatever we can do to help, we would be honored to be a part of that. Bethany, would you want to add anything to all that? It was so good. Y'all come be a part. And it's fun. And the people are great. So yeah. Thanks for listening. Um, we, we trust that nothing we have said today was in any way an exaggeration or an over-spiritualization, or in any way tried to make us look like anything better than we are, because we are both flawed human beings, and we made mistakes. Um, I made mistakes as, as one of the people on the leadership team for this conference leading up to it that God saw fit to cover with his grace so that the people who attended had no idea were made. Um, it's not that we're perfect. It's just that we're trying to be more and more in touch with and tune with and chasing hard after the Holy Spirit as he does his work. So um, we, it was pretty incredible to be in a room from about 3.35 until 4.15 on that Saturday afternoon where every soul in the room was singing. It, it was, and it was such a reminder of why we do what we do. So it's possible. It can happen. It happened in a conference. It happened sometimes here at Woodburn on Sunday mornings. I, I trust it can happen in your place of worship too. And we would love to help in whatever way we can. Again, thank you for listening to So Every Soul Sings Worship 